Bid bond performance bond payment bond I want to start out by saying that to win in court you have to know what goes on in court. What goes on in the courtrooms go back to Edward I. It's called statute merchant and what it is is a bond of merchant or bond of record. The statutes themselves are the bond and what they do is duplicate the statutes that they charge you under with what they call a recognizance bond and people sign the recognizance bond without reading what the bond says. I brought this to Joe's attention when he signed his bond. And what it says is, is that you agree to pay back the debt. When you go into court on a criminal charge, it's civil not criminal. There's a book out one called The Jurisdiction and Practice of the Law of Admiralty by John E. Hall. It's based on clerk's praxis. The clerk's praxis was a clerk of the court of registrar of the court's arches under the king's bench. The court of arches is a court of probate and Johnny Hall is the one that wrote this book. This book was never intended for public viewing. We're going to try to reprint this book so that everyone can have a copy of it to read. If you want to understand how admiralty works this is the book you need to Read in the reason being, read the case of Waring v. Clark, it talks about clerks. Praxis, in there and they used it in the vice admiralty courts in the colonies during the American Revolution. This book caused the American Revolution. What they're doing is all about bonds. When you go into the courtroom after you're arrested they use two different sets of bonds. What? They do when you're arrested they fill out a bid bond. The United States District Court uses 273, 274 and 275. SF means standard form. Standard form 273, standard form 274 and standard form 275. This is the United States District Court. There is another set of bonds and they are all put out by GSA, General Services Administration. I'm just talking off the top of my head because I have all of this stuff memorized. GSA Form SF-24 is the bid bond. Everyone should have a copy of the bid bond. The performance bond is SF-25. The payment bond is SF-25A input. Out by the General Services Administration which is abbreviated GSA. The GSA is under the controller of the currency, which is under the GAUT, the General Accounting Office. Okay, you have two sets of bonds, SF-24, SF-25 and SF-25A. At the federal level you have SF-273, SF-274 and SF-275. Okay, what are they doing with these bonds? What's going on in the courtroom is that they are suing you for a debt collection. What it is, is an action of assumpsit. The word presume comes from the word assumpsit, which means I agree or I presume to do an act of assumpsit, which means I agree to a collection of a debt. If you look at these bonds, every one of these bonds, the bid bond, performance bond, and payment bond, all have a penal sum attached to it. The reason for the penal sum is if you don't pay the debt, you go into default judgment. That is what is going on in the courtroom. That is why all of these guys are sitting in prison wondering what's going on. If you go in there and argue jurisdiction, Jack Smith is exactly correct in what he is saying about the honor and dishonor. 
If you go in and argue jurisdiction or refuse to answer questions that the judge or the court addresses to you, they will find you in contempt of court and they will put you in jail and if you read clerk's praxis that's all they talk about is contempt. What they used to do back in Edward I, if you owed a debt they would send a sheriff out with a warrant to arrest you. This is all civil, this is not criminal. It's just a smokescreen to cover up what they are doing. With mercantile civil law and what they used to do when they arrest people with a warrant and brought the person into court and made them sign a bond to release until the civil suit commenced. It actually says, civil suit, in clerk's praxis. There's some transcripts made of some of my thoughts and I'm going to write it on the board so that everybody knows how to spell. This is how you spell clerk's praxis. Latin for practice. If you look up praxis, it means practice. This is the only book I have ever seen and I have seen about every admiralty book in existence. That's an actual praxis book and it goes into everything that Jack teaches. It talks about two letters of rogatory. It talks about the collection of the debt. What they do is arrest you, then they hold you. Basically they hold you until the suit has been completed and when they get default judgment on you because of failure to pay the debt they put you in prison. Anyone who has been in jail or prison that knows me knows that I'm not wrong. Attorneys are there to cover up the smoke screen. What attorneys do, because no one knows what's going on, they lead you into dishonor or default judgment and then the court puts you into prison then they sell your default judgment. Who do they sell it to? Believe it or not. The U.S. District Court buys all of these state court judgments. Get on a search engine and type in U.S. Courts. I spent a whole eight hours getting in there. After you get to the U.S. Courts, go to the 11th Circuit Court of the United States, Circuit 1 through Circuit 11. Click on Circuit 7. That will take you into the various courts, bankruptcy, district, etc. Click on to the Northern Illinois district court that will take you to the clerk's office there's a box there then scroll down and you'll see administrative offices where you'll see financial department it will talk about the criminal justice act and optional bids and this is all spelled out and they're not trying to hide it i don't know why no one has found this out before go down to list of sureties now why do you suppose they have a list of sureties in a federal District Court. When you get into the list of sureties, it will have fms.trees.gov. This is the Department of Treasury. Okay, when you get into the Department of Treasury, you see on the left-hand side of the screen, you'll see Admitted Reinsure, and underneath that will be a list of sureties. Then under that, the word Forms. From there, you'll see about 300 reinsurance companies. They're all insurance companies. I downloaded the whole thing. I have a complete list. I also have a list of surety companies. There are two sets of companies. The list of surety and reinsurance companies. Under 750 of the Department of Treasury. They have to be certified so they can buy up these bonds. These are the people that are buying these bonds when you went into default judgment. And they can't buy these bonds unless they are certified by the Secretary of the Treasury. Next, click onto the word forms and it will take 
you to the Miller Act reinsurance and will list three different kinds of bonds. They don't use a bid bond in the district court. That's why I gave you Form 24. All of these forms come out of the GSA, the General Services Administration. Form 24, 25, 25A and 273, 274 and 275. The 273, 274 and 275 bond forms. The 273 is the reinsurance with the United States. The 274 is the Miller Act reinsurance performance bond. The 275 is your payment bond, your Miller Act reinsurance payment bond. What are they doing with these bonds? They have regulations governing these bonds. There's 2,000 regulations governing these bonds. We're going to make these available. It's $50 for the discs. The disc has 2,000 regulations on CD for people who want this. If you go into these regulations, what they are telling you is they're buying up commercial items. They use the word commercial items and in 2.01 of these regulations, these regulations are divided up into 50 parts. There's 1126 pages in Volume 1 and 823 pages in Volume 2 and they're all on the disc and what they tell in there is 2.01 defines commercial items as non-personal property. What is non-personal property? Any property that is not real estate, it means immovable, real estate is not movable. Go into your uniform commercial code and look up the word movable and immovables. If you go into dot and I'll read it to you so three you won't think I'm making this stuff up. Commercial items or commercial paper. I recommend everybody. This is the 8th edition of Black's Law Dictionary. I doubt if anyone in the room has got one. This thing is really good. Basically what it says is commercial paper, negotiable instruments, anything you put your signature on is a negotiable instrument under the Uniform Commercial Code which is the Lex Mercantorium. It's mercantile civil law and the reason they use Lex Mercantorium in the courtroom is because every one of you are merchants at law and merchants at law is anyone whom hold themselves out to be an expert because you use commercial paper, because you use commercial paper. On a day-to-day -day schedule, you are considered to be an expert and this is why they are not telling you what is going on in the courtroom because you are presumed to know this because you hold yourself out to be an expert because you use commercial paper all the time. Every time you put your signature on a piece of paper, you are creating a negotiable instrument. Some are non-negotiable and some are negotiable. Every time you endorse something you're acting as an accommodation party or an accommodation maker under 3 to 419. An accommodation party is anyone who loans their signature to another party. Read UCC 3 to 419. It tells you what an accommodation maker is and what an accommodation party is. When you loan your signature to them they can rewrite your signature on any document they want and that's what they are doing. This is what is going on and what the federal courts are doing. They are buying up these state court default judgments and these are called criminal cases but are actually civil cases and call them criminal to cover up what they are doing. If you read Clerk's Praxis, you find that what they call criminal is all civil 
They just call it criminal to cover up what they're doing. If you don't pay the debt you go to. Prison bottom line, I know I've been there. I told them I wanted the CUSIP hash equals committee on uniform identification process. CUSIP is in the DTC building on 55 Water Street. DTC is the Depository Trust Corporation. It's also called the GFCC, the DTCC, Depository Trust Clearing Corporation, the MSCC, Mutual Securities Clearing Corporation, NSCC, National Security Clearing Corporation, GSCC, Government Securities Clearing Corporation, $1 trillion a day goes through the DTC. CUSIP is a trademark of Standard & Poor's which is located on the bottom floor of the DTC of 55 Water Street. CUSIP has what is called CINS equals CUSIP International Numbering System. For domestic they have a six-digit numbering system and when they go international which is where CINS comes in and ISID equals International Securities Identification Division. It's called ISIDPLUS and they have a global networking system that includes Payne Weber which has 10,000 corporations in it. They are the major stockholder in CCA which is Correction Corporations of America and they are in Nashville, Tennessee. Everyone should have this list and what they have done is privatize the system, everything even real estate, Ginny May, Fannie Mae, all of HUD, dot all of your, this is international. Everybody is feeding off of the prison system, all of the major corporations are feeding off of the prison system. How many of you have heard of right equals real estate investment trust or PZN which means prison trust? What about all the real estate? They own all the real estate because they hold the bonds on them. You haven't redeemed your bond so they didn't close your account. For Lehman Brothers banking cartel just gave $6 million to New York, which had a deficit. You need to read this treatise. It's 15 pages and lays it all out. They don't call it prison facilities. They call them credit facilities. What does that tell you? Lehman Brothers are underwriting the prison system. Here's what goes on. A contractor comes in or any corporation could come in and what they do is tender a bid bond to the U.S. District Court and they buy up these court judgments and anytime you issue a bid bond there has to be a reinsurer. They even have a reinsurance treaty, international treaties. If you read the Constitution, treaties are the supreme law of the land, so they get a reinsurance company to come in and act as surety for the bid bond. Then they bring in a performance bond. All of these bonds, bid, payment and performance are surety bonds and any time you issue a bid bond it has to have a surety. Where is the surety going? It's guaranteeing or reinsuring the bid bond by issuing a performance bond. That's what these performance bonds are. Then they get an underwriter and that would be either an investment broker or an investment banker. They come in and underwrite the performance bond which is reinsuring the Bid bond. What does the underwriter do with a payment bond? The underwriter takes the three bonds in, pulls them and known as mortgage-backed securities and when you pull these MBS they're called bonds. And they're sold to a company called TBA which is the Bond Market Association. This is an actual 
Corporation. What they do is after the payment bond is issued to reinsure or underwrite the performance bond which reinsures the bid bond, they convert these bonds to investment securities. The banks do in brokerage houses and they sell these as investment securities and you are funding the whole enchilada because you got into default judgment when you went into court. Before you can do anything you have to know what's going on in their regulations, which are at 48 CFR Code of Federal Regulations. This is where I'm getting all of this information from. If you're interested in getting the disc it's $50 for the disc and there's over 2,000 pages of regulations on there. Part 12 deals with commercial items and commercial items are negotiable instruments and they're selling these court judgments as negotiable instruments as commercial items through these bonds, the bid bond, the performance bond and the payment bond. What is a reinsure? Anytime you're dealing in bonds or risk management and what the reinsure is doing is insuring part of the risk of the bid bond. What they do is give them a portion of the original premium. This is all insurance. The original insurer gives him a part of the premium of the policy of the bid bond in exchange for being a reinsurer or indemnity or act as surety for the bid bond. Then the underwriter comes in and guarantees a resale of the bonds back to the public as investment securities. In order to win in court you have to redeem the bond. I went in and asked them for the bond and everyone disappeared. Nobody showed up. I went down there and asked them for the bid bond. I said I want the bid bond back. I asked for full settlement and closure of the account. I don't think people are doing it right in court. Indiscernible. Comment. Everything you described is pure bottomry. Yeah. Hypothecation. I have a friend that works in securities and exchange and knows how to hypothecate these bonds. It's your money that they create. Same thing going on in the banks and with these bonds. They monetize these bonds. They take your bond because you got into default judgment 5 because you didn't pay the debt and took your bond and made an investment security out of it. They're making a fortune off you. This guy calls me up and said I read your treatise and said you're 100% correct. And I says who's this and he says well I've got my own commodities and securities company, he buys these bonds. They go international and when they go international they go as CINS and from CINS they go to ANA. Equals annual numerical number association and located in Brussels, Belgium and they have unlimited capital. How many of you have heard of Eurostream? This is where your pound, yen, and sterling. Everything came under the prison system. Everything is being funneled through it. They're all feeding off of it. That's what was behind 9-11 so they could get the state legislature to pass more statutes, bond statutes so they could arrest people for writing a threatening letter so they could arrest you for terrorist activity, paper terrorist they call it. ALEC is the think tank behind it. Equals America Legislative Exchange Committee. Paul Warwick owns the Cognis Foundation and what ALEC does is promoting privatization of prison systems and what they do is go to the National Congress of Commissioners which are made up of 72 judges and lawyers and 72 judges and lawyers are the ones that drew up the Uniform Commercial Code which everything is operating under. Everything is under. 
Lex Mercantoria, if you go into the state statutes and I don't care what code you go into will. Say the principle of law and equity or law merchant is the decision in all the courts, everything is commercial. 72117CFR says that all crimes are commercial. If you read that it says kidnapping, robbery, extortion, murder etc. are commercial crimes and if you don't do full settlement and closure of the account, they will put you in prison. What they do is they sell the bond both domestically and at the international level. They convert these bonds to investment securities and sell them at the international level. CCA is the ticker on the stock exchange. They actually sell stock and shares on the New York Stock Exchange. CWX, CWD and CWG. When it goes to Frankfurt, CWG. When it goes to Berlin, CWD. I'm telling ya, people think I'm making this stuff up. They're not going to tell the public. That is their ticker symbol. They're listed right on the New York Stock Exchange. You go buy USA Today or any global paper that lists the stocks on there and they're on. They're on the New York Stock Exchange. Question. Answer. CCA Correction Corporation of America and they go international which means Berlin and Frankfurt, Germany and they use a different sticker. Symbol. Who owns CCA? Don Russell, he owns 64 million shares of it. John Ferguson, he's the vice president and owns about 35 million shares. They're on the board of directors. There's another corporation called Dillon Corrections owned by David Dillon and what they did was they merged with Trinity Vendor Investments and Dillon and they became SD Warburg and they're located in Chicago. Illinois and they're hooked up with the ICE Bank which is the Bank of International Settlements. Located in Switzerland one of the largest banks in the world. All this stuff is in that treatise. There's a lot of information in that. You need to sit down and read that so you can understand what's going on before you do anything. This is why people don't win in court if you don't redeem the bond. All this trial and presenting is a dog and pony show. Question indiscernible answer don't use a bond use a bid bond if you look at that bid bond it has the principal up there form 24 it's got the word principal up there you're the principal who is the surety straw man is the surety so you put the straw man down as the surety and you put yourself six down as the principal then you fill out a performance bond the performance bond is the reinsurance for the bid bond, put yourself down in the guarantor or reinsure. The performance bond is 274. You have three different bonds, bid bond, performance bond and payment bond. The payment bond is the underwriter of the performance bond. You can do all three bonds. You can underwrite the performance bond and underwrite the bid with the performance bond. That's the reinsure. There doing it for you because nobody knows this stuff? You're the one that created all of this mess. Question. Answer. If you have a case pending what you should do is go to whatever district you're in. I think Ohio is go find the Northern District Court and type in your case number and it will tell you about your bond. Who's got your bond? I'm going after my bond. Question. Are you the reinsurer on the payment bond also? Answer. Well you're acting as the underwriter to tell you, what's going on with the banks, dot the banks are all tied in with this, 
Every time you sign a check, a check is a promissory note. The banks made a derivative on it. The banks do not have any money at all. A check is a promissory note, and what they do is endorse it on the back after you present it for payment and endorse it on the back without recourse, and then they sell it as a derivative. They monetize it. They monetize debt under the Monetary Control Act of 1980. They monetize it and sell it internationally. If you have a check for $100, you'll have 20 or 30 international corporations using your check. Question, is that why they never give you back the checks anymore? Answer, you got it. The question was for the audience, why don't you get your cancel checks back anymore after you present for payment? The reason you don't get them is that they sell them as a promissory note. All personal checks are promissory notes and the banks make derivatives out of them and sell them internationally. You're actually loaning money to the bank. You talk about screwed up. Now you know why they have proctologists. You're loaning the money to the bank and the bank loans it to other people with derivatives into the billions. Question. How much are they making? Answer. Trillion of dollars. When it goes internationally, you're getting into 9 and 12 digit figures. 9 digits is a billion etc. Let's take a 10 minute break. End of part 1 blank underscore blank part 2 question. I have a court case coming up. If it's already in default is that necessarily fatal? Answer. You can cure the default. I use the default judgment in same terms of dishonor. Jack is absolutely correct. When you go into dishonor it looks like what they're doing is suing you. Civilly, a civil suit for a collection of a debt and if you go into default judgment if you have a claim and I'm taking a mandatory rule 13. Rule 13 says that when a claim arises from the same transaction or occurrence, it's mandatory that you file a counterclaim. What is your counterclaim? Post-settlement and closure of the account under public policy. You're entitled to a discharge of the debt because number one you're the principal and you're the holder in due course of the original account. You own seven both sides of the account. You own a common stock, the preferred stock and you're the principal on the account which means you're the creditor. Everyone is acting like a debtor instead of a creditor. What does the creditor do? He pays his debts. You have to file the proper paperwork before you can do this. You have to be the secured party. You have to file a UCC1 comment. You have to do stuff before that. You are the principle upon which all money circulates. This is called the accrual method of accounting. Accruals are the capital and interest from the principle. Anytime you monetize debt you have a principle. You have to identify yourself as the principle and what they have to do is return all capital and interest back to you as the principle. This is called the accrual method of accounting. When you get into a courtroom and start arguing jurisdiction, what you're saying is I'm not going to pay the debt. First of all let me say that the straw man, the all capital letter name, the one they have a claim against, they have a claim against because your dear old mother signed a contract with the state creating the straw man and he did this through the birth certificate and what they do is give him your name and use your name in all capital letters because you are the fiduciary trustee of the account and what does the fiduciary trustee do with the account? He pays all of his debts to honor the court.
Now what these people are doing in the redemption process is going into court and arguing and they're getting into default judgment. If you argue jurisdiction or refuse to give the court your name, what you can do is a conditional acceptance. There's one person here. She has no charging papers. If they don't charge you then they don't obviously have a claim against you. They don't have a claim against the straw man as they don't have the charging instruments, but you don't want to start arguing with the court about it. With the conditional acceptance you can say that I'm more than happy to give you my name if you can show that charging papers have been put into the court record. I have not seen any papers that show any charges exist. That's a negative averment. What you are doing is rebutting the presumption that they have charges against you. They work by presumption. They don't have to have anything. They work off presumption. Assumption that you owe it until you rebut the presumption. Tell them I'll be more than happy to give you my name. They're drafting you for performance. Anytime the court asks you to do something and Jack will verify this, they are drafting you for performance and if you don't perform you get into dishonor by non-acceptance. They're making a formal presentment under 3 to 501 of the Uniform Commercial Code so they can charge you. And they use the word charge. They use the same commercial words on your indictment information and complaint. They use the word charge. The following charges. He has two counts of charges Rico or they charged me with the same identical thing that they charged Roger with. Roger has been to prison for nine. He hasn't even been to trial yet. What he's been doing in there is listening to people that tell him to argue. Is this an Article 3 court under the common law? As soon as he said that Richard Marcus who was the judge said you obviously don't understand what venue and jurisdiction this court is operating under. They had a business credit report right there in front of him. He said, I'm going to do a psychiatric evaluation on you to see if you're competent to stand trial. When you start arguing, when you put yourself out as an expert on commercial paper and here you go arguing instead of paying in honor the court, then you're in dishonor. He's wondering why they're drugging him and they're drugging him because he's